Welcome everybody to another episode of Interior Analysis. I'm David Jones. I'm Evan Westman. I'm Jelani T. Kelly. And today we're talking about The Exorcist, what many like to call the scariest movie ever made. So before we get into it, just some background on the film if people are unaware. There's a lot of cultural conversations about the film, a lot of issues with the MPAA ratings board. Uh, People thought that Warner was, like, bought in to give it an R rating and not an X rating because they were mad that the kids have been seeing it. And just some award history. It's the first horror film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Probably a lot with the cultural conversation at the time. It had nine other nominations. The screenwriter and novelist who wrote the 1971 novel that this is adapted from won Best Adapted Screenplay. It was also the highest grossing R-rated horror film until it came around in 2016, 2017, I don't remember. And oh, that, that took long. The money from wow. that. That's a mm-hmm. wow. long time to hold that record. Yeah, didn't very, It also won long. Best Sound, didn't it? Yeah, it won Best Sound. I won a few others, I think. Or maybe it was just nominated for the others, I'm not sure. No, it was nominated. It won two. Okay. And then in 2010, the Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. This is your first time watching it, both of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I'm just going to go into my just brief reaction because it's my fourth time watching and then i want to hear what you guys think as first time viewers i the first time i watched this movie i wanted to see it because everyone said it's the scariest horror film ever made i don't think it's that scary but i also am not that closely tied to religion so maybe that has a different impact for you but keeps me coming back to it and watching it is just my love for filmmaking i don't just see it as one of the best horror films ever made i truly see it as one of the best films ever made and i love that decade of 70s filmmaking is fantastic even the effects today when everything happens in the room and the wardrobe skirts across and closes the door 50 years old all practical and it looks fantastic and i'm still super immersed in the direction the aesthetics the acting just the editing chef's kiss um but yeah so what did you guys think as first time watching can i just ask before we get into that uh how old were you when you first saw it 18 okay it was just curious for that uh, Jelani, do you want to go first, or do you do you want me to take it? Uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I didn't, this wasn't for me. As someone who easily gets scared when it comes to horror movies, this wasn't it for me, Chief. Maybe, it's like David said, maybe it has something to do with the whole religion angle. I'm not very religious, very religious anymore, but, nah. But I'm a, you, you go ahead, Evan. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, this was a big blind spot for me, so I was glad to finally check it off. I kind of, like, picked up, I don't know if this was true for both of you, but, like, this is something that I know through references a bit. Like, there's episodes of Futurama and the Boondocks that, like, really heavily reference this. And then there's the... The part when they were doing The Power of Christ Compels You, I, I could only think of the vine where the girl's trying to, like, exercise her dog with a cross. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but she just yells the... It, and obviously, that didn't exist at the time of the movie, so it's really unfair, but I just I couldn't not think of it. In terms of the religious side, like, I, I did grow up Catholic, so I... I mean, it did... I don't think it really hit 
that different for me because of that but i just i think it's kind of funny how movies tend to portray catholicism and like priests and mass as a lot cooler than they really are like this movie makes priests look kind of badass and they make mass look like this super dramatic thing and like if you've ever been to mass it's just it it's not really like that i mean it it can try to be in some cases but it's it, it's not i just think it's kind of funny how in movies it kind of hypes it up to be like just so over dramatic not a gripe or anything it's just a trend that i've noticed and just like i don't know if this will be touched on in any of our topics so i i really appreciated that like when they showed the actual exorcism that scene is completely uninterrupted like i was really glad while watching it i was like it's great that we're not cutting away to the mom or anything like that like we're it's like a full nine minute scene and we just stay there and I think that helps like keep the tension of the moment up, but it's like, it's compelling enough that we don't actually need it broken up or anything. I thought that was a strong point and I don't know that our topics will cover that. So on the whole, I, I gotta say I'm kind of mid on this, but I was saying to Jelani beforehand, like I'm going to rewatch this at some point and try it again just to see like maybe it just will hit for me on a second try and didn't this time so time will tell i guess going into this i only knew the your mother blanks blank in hell line and then the fact that she like vomits green stuff on someone other than that i i you know i've seen references like evan said the boondocks is probably the biggest one i can remember scary um, movie too anybody it's a good it's a good time you know what's wild like and i'll get into my it with my topic but like the absurdity of the entire situation paired with the acting kind of reminded me of a scary movie movie and i don't know who i'm offending by saying that (laughs) but it Call me mean if you want. It was kind of funny. Like I said, we'll dive into that with my topic. All right. Let's just do your topic. Yeah. My topic is shock value does not equal good. This movie is number one on Rotten Tomatoes. Scariest horror movies of all time list. It's actually number one on a lot of lists. Why? I'm really hoping David will, like, open my eyes and, like, explain. Because this... I'm scared very easily when it comes to fictional media, mainly like stupid horror videos on YouTube. Like it'll, it'll keep me thinking after like I have the irrational fear of, Oh, I've watched it. So now whatever that monster is now it knows I exist and it's after me and I'll sleep with one eye open. But this, as far as a horror movie goes, was, I mean, it was 1973 and I'm trying to give it that like grace, but like, no i also read under rotten tomatoes like list that people fainted and there were reports of nausea yeah walked into traffic okay yeah like leaving the theater like days not seeing they were going into the streets all sorts of stuff Uh, i guess it did its job for the time it is literally 
50 years later? Yep. Holy crap. Nah. Why, y'all? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think it's it's a it's a fair like just for context, David. You kind of mentioned this like the rating system was barely in like had just replaced the Hayes Code five years ago. So like I was this was the that, era yeah. where like filmmakers were like awesome. We can do anything now. So they were like really pushing the envelope. But I'm sure that must have been a little bit of a strange experience for audiences. Who, like some of them were probably into it and like thank god we can do this now but somebody who's still in that haze code mindset going to a movie in 1973 might have been like oh god like i thought i had more of a safety net here yeah my mom was 17 when she saw it and she refuses to ever watch it again and she had one of those experiences leaving the theater where she just completely had no idea where she was in center city like she was just like where where do i go where am i and i've never had a movie do that to me so i don't know i don't know if i'll ever relate to that on that kind of level but i do think it's also important to note like the cultural conversation going on in america at that time as we started to break away from religion and institutions especially in the 70s and that whole thing being brought up into the conversation of the movie, I think that startled some people. And just, like, the iconography of it was, like, a first time for a lot of people. Like, nowadays, when you watch a paranormal movie, you expect, like, to see the person's breath. And, oh my god, now the room is cold, the spirit must be here. And all of this is established, really, in the impact of The Exorcist being the first to really send that home. And just the way we take in, like, media now. Like, you you can see things so much more horrific on hbo on your tv at home or netflix now or amazon prime whereas just there weren't as many things getting made then especially not things that were trying to push that envelope Mm. yeah and again like if you're like just breaking past that threshold like i'm sure it kind of took a minute for people to just feel out like okay like we had these restrictions like we this is all we're allowed to do for 40 years or whatever. Then you come into the seventies and it's like, all right, we can do anything, but what do people actually want? Like how much is too much for them? What are they going to be into? Like what's actually going to turn them off? And I think that's something that's still evolving. Like that's kind of a constant thing. And it goes beyond like content that the ratings are concerned with, but especially like in this age where, all of a sudden you have this brand new freedom like this feels like it's like i think it's it is good to look at this in that context yeah and that was even i was reading that when i was just looking into this film before that was something where the screenwriter and the director disagreed on like the crucifix masturbation scene the screenwriter did not want that in the movie he, it was not in his book originally, and he found that it added nothing to the film, and he didn't want it in the movie. And the director fought him on it and said, we need to have it in the movie and just wait and see. And it actually became one of the most talked about scenes in the entire film, and the director cited it to how it's this thematic kind of look at religion and sex and what was happening at that time and everything, and then... It did become so popular that the screenwriter found it really, quote, he said, quote, it was depressing. Hmm. I was thinking about that scene in context of this topic, too. Like, I I don't want to, like, assume what you kind of meant with this title, Jelani, but, like, 
I was looking at or thinking about that scene with like, I think you could go either way with calling that gratuitous and unnecessary and like just there for shock value. Or you could say there is a purpose there. I wasn't thinking about it with like the symbolic context you were mentioning, David. But like, I think that is a very good scene for establishing this is a possession because there's a lot of the movie that's spent like speculating on that. So that does kind of solidify it because it's like too painful to not like for, for her to be doing it just for attention. But I think also I couldn't argue with somebody either back then or now if they said like that's gratuitous. We didn't need yeah, something that graphic with a 12, 13 year old kid. Like I'm not like necessarily going to like judge that one way or the other. I think there's a purpose to it. And I don't think it's like, I don't personally find it to be too extreme, but if somebody had that reaction, like I, I think that's very valid. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I watched it with some friends and one friend was, it's probably similar to Jelani. That was a scene that he found very funny or no, she found very funny. And she was laughing throughout that scene. And I was like, oh my god. Like, especially when, like, everything goes down with the mother and everything right there. And, like, the minute that happens in the backhand, like, she was cracking up. And I was like, oof. We're on two different waves right now. I'm not actually that surprised at that because I I can't think of any specific example. But, like, I've had that where I think I've watched a couple, like, Black Mirror episodes with friends. And those can go to some pretty extreme places. And, like, but if you're in a group setting, like sometimes you do just kind of crack up at it because you're like, I don't know, when you're with other people, sometimes it just, maybe it's to diffuse the tension or whatever, but like it can be kind of fun to, like you just do laugh at stuff that gets super fucked up really quickly. And like, but I wouldn't do that watching those by myself. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That just isn't, and Maybe I'm extrapolating too much from this, but, like, I think that can be some of the fun of watching horror movies. Like, 100%. Is just kind of, like, watch it with your friends and isn't this kind of ridiculous? And makes it a little less scary to laugh at it. Yeah. Like, I always laugh at the scene when they open the door and the priest that comes in at the end to save the day is just, like, killed off screen dead on the bed. I, I laugh at that every time. Like I said, I, I was laughing just at the absurdity of it even watching by myself i was kind of like zoom because i wasn't invested in anybody that's another point i'll get to within my topic i wasn't invested in any of the characters so i was kind of like zoomed out and by that point i'm like just looking at it like this out of context even with context this looks absolutely stupid and funny because it makes sense, but at the same time, like I said, with, without context, it makes zero sense. Let Jesus F you, and she's stabbing herself in the... What are we doing here? So, I, I have a question for you with this topic. Like, do you think that this movie is worse? Like, do you think it's trying too hard to go for the shock value, and, like, it's... Like, that makes it worse, and makes it campy? Or, like, basically, I, I, I guess I want you to explain the title of your topic here. Like, how 
how is the shock value not good here? So I think it's due to what we've been exposed to in 50 years of having horror content around. Like, I'm really trying to put myself, or I was really trying to put myself into the perspective of somebody who was watching this in 1973, when, 1973, 1974, when uh, stuff like this wasn't readily available. There was no internet back then. There was no dark web, no creepy pastas, no, none of that, no fake horror videos. And after being exposed, just even with them, just like, the past 10 20 years like this is a pretty easy watch when it comes to shock value so back then i understand like this was shocking to a lot of people um i'm not gonna like justify like the nausea and fainting and whatnot but maybe i don't know but um after being exposed to tons of horror films that have come out since then like this is like you said it kind of reads as campy like this like what are what what's what's happening here well, why are we doing this personally i didn't read it as campy i thought it, it all kind of held up but i don't i'm not surprised that you do see it as campy like i i don't know why i do and you don't but like i think you can take it either way like it is taking itself seriously so that can work and you can just kind mm. of be like, okay, yeah, like this is characters behaving like as they would under the circumstances. But whenever you do take something seriously, you do kind of run the risk of being campy. That, I think that's, that's what it is. It's taking itself really seriously. Mm -hmm. Like with, um, God, I forget her name. I think it starts with an E. Chris, the mother. With yeah, her, with her acting, yes, with her acting and her daughter, like I kind of felt bad at first, but over time, with her like screaming and falling apart, I'm just like, all right, bro. yeah. Like, you know, weirdly, <laughs> the the movie that's coming to mind for me as a comparison with that is I, I just went to Napoleon last week, the one that just came out. How was and, it? Uh, to be honest, like I wasn't. I didn't have my eyes open the whole time. Um, mm. I was trying. Um, I think I was a little bit tired going into it, but it it, it was... I, I wanted to sleep. Um, but there's moments in it that, like, it, it's taking itself... Like, it's presenting itself very seriously as, like, this historical drama. And Joaquin Phoenix's performance is, like, very straightforward. But then he just has to say some just wild lines that, like... I don't know. I was watching it. And I was like, Joaquin Phoenix seems like a smart enough person to like, uh, like I I respect his commitment to this performance, but he he's got to know it feels goofy. Like he's got to know what this looks like. Like I think there's moments of it that do like kind of work, but also like me and the ten people in the theater that I was in because I went on like a Thursday afternoon. We laughed at a lot of parts that I don't think they were meant to be funny at all. You know, this, that is not the greatest movie to compare to. But I think that's a risky run when you are having actors do a very straight-ahead performance. And if it is with something heightened like this, 
you know, you can make something so aggressively shock value that it's just like, what the hell is this doing here? Like, Mm -hmm. you can bring it too far. Like, I think that the typical thing I think of is like, you don't want to push shock value stuff too far because you don't want to upset people or offend people. Maybe some filmmakers do. I think there's a couple that are into that. But I think the other risk you run is people are going to think it's ridiculous and not take you seriously. Yeah, I think a lot of horror movies, I would say most, a majority really toe that line of like just unintentional camp or intentional camp. I'm not sure sometimes. A lot of them in that genre can be read that way. And especially The Exorcist, I think it's very true of because you could just... If you ever do go and watch the opening scene from Scary Movie 2, the only thing they change is the punchlines. They keep all the setups from this film, and they just have to add a more absurd punchline to drive it that much more home and be that intentional of its own camp. So I definitely think there is like something there for that. Which is why some people, I think, can enjoy it in like a sincere way and take it earnestly and maybe be terrified of it, and some people can just laugh at it and still enjoy the two hours. Mm-hmm. there's a really fine line like you're approaching the line and then the more serious you take it it's either going to be hilarious to a lot of people or people are taking it super serious like like as intended so i i'm one of those it's just like this is this is goofy so to continue with my topic uh on top of that i guess some of the because i like i said i wasn't scared at any point during this film and it was strange for me because this is supposed to be like top tier horror film i guess some of the horror i just listed some would come from some like some of the weird things that happen like reagan peeing while telling bert he's gonna die telling her family and visitors to effer crawling down the stairs upside down bleeding from her mouth that caught me by surprise because i didn't remember that clip at all um Still didn't spider scare crawl. me. It was just, yeah, it didn't scare me. It was just weird. I was just like, oh, that's here. And it then they cut away from still it. Too. Oh, no, it looked great. Uh, it came out great, but uh, still, the stabbing scene we mentioned. And then subsequently, like three seconds later, putting her mother's face down there. Telling like me, her to like lick me. Yep. yep, that was uh, <laughs> something. Anytime the angry British voice comes out, I think it's hysterical yeah then slapping her mother and nearly crushing her with the wardrobe is just like all right uh and then of course the infamous line your mother blinks blank in hell uh yeah none of that terrified me i was just like is this supposed to be the horror of it is is it the makeup that's scary to people yeah i think the makeup ages well though like they they do a good job making her look just like emaciated and like insane and some of it is just that i I think okay one part that i think does feel a little bit cheesy now is the green eyes i I think post Mm. michael jackson's thriller music video like i don't know if you can make that look (laughs) not goofy but in but 1973 that hadn't come out yet so you know i don't know it just hit a little bit like when he turns to the camera at the end of that music video uh, with the like glowing eyes and her performance is just incredible like I don't oh know yeah how they got oh that's absolutely i'm not gonna downplay that i was i was gonna ask that. like i looked up 
um and it doesn't it seems like it's the same actor the whole time like they didn't yeah that's that's an insanely good performance then no it's great yeah like whether no matter how you read it like hats off that that was an amazing performance how old was she at the time how old was linda i think she was 12 or 13 so she was actually 12 okay no that's nuts yeah that's nuts so to continue saying sure these things happened during the movie they're shocking but all they really did was i didn't i don't think i laughed out loud i just looked at the situation and thought like oh this is funny uh definitely made me raise an eyebrow a few times like these shocking things that happen i don't think it made for a good horror movie and i'll explain why obviously the pacing is one i think it takes way too long to and i'll also explain this my notes are kind of jumbled like I'm, I'm just not a fan of slow burn pacing so i think it takes way too long to get to the point of the film which starts somewhere around the halfway mark like i looked at it i looked at your topic david and it we were like 53 minutes in before yeah, it's like, like right we an start hour to see when that stuff kicks off it's a long time yeah and i'm just like yeah. this is and we that. we don't even spend dare i say like 20 minutes with reagan before that happens before we see like the transformation so we're spending so much more time on things that i don't think need to be as focused on like finding that pendant thing in the beginning that was like 10 minutes that was that was a really long intro with the digging and then Kara spending time with his mother. I get why that needs to be there. I don't think it needed to be as long with him like wrapping her leg and I agree. Her 100%. dimmy, dimmy, dimmy. Okay. Oh my god, um, dimmy, dimmy. I say that to my mom all the time. <laughs> uh, also, when is that? Since when is that a nickname for Damien? I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's like an Italian thing. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Okay. Or a seventies thing. Uh, and then being on set with Chris in her activist film, I don't even remember yeah. what they were active activating. I, I did not get what that was there to do. Like, I, it what? sets up like, oh, the director dies. Okay, why couldn't he be her boss at some other job? Like, that was a very expensive, probably, to have that too. I was fine with her being an actor. Like, that made sense as to why they had as much money as they did to throw it. The exploration as far as like the possession with all the she had like 88 doctors at some point that made yeah. sense but that was a lot of extras like even for a fake acting set and why it needed to be an activist film i don't i don't get but and then the length of the movie in general kind of mixed with the pacing like it, it didn't need to be no two hours bro yeah that is all i had to add with that uh the characters in quotes i don't i didn't find any of them interesting if I was tied down and forced to pick one, I'd I'd pick the demon. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. I don't care about any of the, even the titled exorcist, Karis. I didn't even know his name was Karis before I watched this movie. Like, I I don't, I do not care. Backstories, emotions, anything that's going down with it. I think I started to feel bad for the mother at one point. And then uh, you stop caring. Like I said before, call me mean if you will, but the absurdity of just this whole, not the premise, but 
what was happening with the possession itself, like the the things I I mentioned, it was it was just funny to me. And then it felt like I'm not gonna go as far as to say it was a sin, uh, but it it I felt less than nothing when one of the main characters, who it is kind of titled after, the Exorcist, Father Karras, leaps out of the window to save uh, Reagan literally that's that's all it took we spent all that work all that build up all that research and all you needed to do was just have the demon jump into your body and uh with you say take me instead and and kill yourself and that doesn't even really kill the demon uh if you did okay yeah it seems a little too earthbound now that you're saying it like because all of the yeah. like spiritual stuff they do on it like it's it's not like that's useless like it, it no it works to a certain degree. Yeah, it, it responds to it. Yeah. yeah, so it does seem a little strange that's like... Especially if it can jump hosts, like, why would killing the host body matter? Maybe there's something I'm missing, but... Yeah, good point. That 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 could be a plot hole. We just owned this movie, guys. I love yeah, that part. Yeah, and then, then the whole thing with, like, him saying... Him revealing... It wasn't holy water, it was tap water. Okay, so the demon Yeah, so he acting? just placebo affected the demon too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the whole the whole exorcist like it it really did nothing because the demon stayed there and then he was like, Take me instead, you bastard and mm-hmm. he did, and then he killed himself and I was just like So it really should just be called the the suicidal guy. Like the suicidal father. That is that a better title? Because... Uh, no what no I don't, I, it's not as catchy no. <laughs> david build us back from this because like i i was i was coming into this like jelani like hoping you would convince me but right now jelani's kind of no, selling me on like anyone. this maybe is saying our own experiences plot holes yeah no well, plot I'm, holes I'm don't bother me in films A they don't bother me that much but have great plot holes but to me this especially the ending of this i've always never really been able to trace the consistency of the demon or, or the religion from the pendant through to the end but i do just like especially in like horror films especially nowadays like the way you save someone from a demon is like they have they bring them back their humanity and i find it so exhausting like in conjuring she remembers all the good times with her kids and her family and now she's able to beat the demon and expel it out of her body but no one ever asks where that demon goes no one who watches these movies is that invested in that they just want to know that the demon is beaten and with insidious the, the dad goes and finds his son and brings his son home so i really like how in this movie there is no beating the demon like you get that hurrah when that guy from the beginning comes in and you get the iconic shot of the poster and it looks so good and the scores and overdrive and everything and you're like oh my god yes the catholicism as a person is here and he's gonna mess it up and we're gonna be good and then they kill him off screen you walk in you see him he's dead and it's like well there was your final hope there's no beating this and it's either the demon's gonna just kill Regan. Or, as we see, you can take the demon into you and you have to kill yourself. And I like that. I like that kind of choice. I prefer that to, like, someone's humanity expelling a demon. Hmm. I I can see that. I also feel like, especially if you have a concept, like, I, I don't know if there's a lot of, like, lore or, like, because, um, like, I'm a few years out of, like, being in Catholicism as a religion, but they're like i think there's explanations of like what they believe demons are in that 
I don't know if you want to call it mythology. Uh, I think that's a word they would disagree with using. <laughs> but um, but like there's there's probably stuff you could do you could draw from that like within religious documents or the Bible or a- anything like that. So you could maybe like for this movie specifically or any movie with a demon like establish some rules and even cite like real documents and your audience could be like okay well that's not how i want a demon to work but you have like some kind of thing like you don't have to convince the audience that it's real but you can at least set up some rules for it to function on so that when the demon is driven out you can be like all right yeah because in leviticus whatever it says like this is how to deal with a demon or something like that it doesn't even have to be real you could make up a fake book and have it be cited it doesn't have to be like some real life book what i was gonna say the book of reagan add that to the bible (laughs) yeah i mean if this series this there's been a lot of sequels like maybe i'm sure that's not that's not a real thing is it in i don't remember that but yeah the sequels or something but like legitimately you by the time like i don't know have we had 10 of these at this point we've had a lot right yeah, we were up there. We were probably around seven or eight. That many Exorcist movies? Yeah, I think there's like three or four that actually are in like Exorcist one, two, three, or four. And then there's, I think, one or two that are in the world of the Exorcist, but they have a different name. And then now Exorcist Believer. Yeah, so Jeez. by that point, you can have somebody who's like documented this possession and like come up, like studied it, made rules based on it. Obviously, for this first movie, you you don't have something like that. But I think to say that, like... And, and David, I don't want to, like, invalidate your reaction of, like, oh, I, I don't mind, like... No, I know my reaction's valid, but you can keep going. Well, I, I just I just wanted that to be stated, because I'm kind of, like, giving the counterpoint here. But, like, I think there is a a very common and understandable reaction as an audience that... If you're going to do something like this, if, if the whole goal of the movie is exercising this demon, then you kind of got to establish some kind of rules that... Because there's, there's obviously rules that bind this demon. So, like, you kind of got to signal that to us at some point. And, again, maybe you could... Obviously, this works without doing that. And, you know, this is existing in a pre-internet era where... People didn't do like what we're doing right now and didn't watch stuff at 0.025 speed or whatever. Like they didn't watch it. Tw- they couldn't even watch it on VHS 20 times in a week at this point. Like you just didn't have that like type of audience experience. But I think it is a valid reaction to be like, that's how they kill the demon. Well, that's dumb. Like, cause there's nothing to really support it. Like, why would that, why would that stop it? I don't think it makes it that much worse. Like, it didn't hit for me, but hearing Jelani break that down, I'm like, yeah, w- w- what you got? Like, tell, point, point me to the to the part of the movie that like explained, like set that up. I don't think it's there. Yeah, we didn't even know it could jump hosts. No. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, like, breaking the um, the rules of it or anything. And also, like, clearly that's not a hindrance on a franchise to have stuff. Like, I mean, just look at the, the Force in Star Wars. There's about 50 things that can do that it couldn't, like, three movies ago or something. 
like every single movie I feel like establishes new force powers that some of them I think are kind of a stretch personally but like it still is like I I think that I think you don't need to explain the demon hopping bodies but if you're gonna build up to this exorcism and I do like the exorcism scene I don't even think we need to be like all right we don't need to go through the whole book but you bring in this character who is like somebody who has experience doing this so we trust him we trust that he knows what he's doing the demon is responding to him so i can take that at face value but that's all very spiritual and yeah like i, I think there isn't enough made of the fact that father Karras pulls a placebo effect on the demon at the one point with the holy water like if you can throw regular water at it and get some kind of reaction that's important to the climax yeah i also think it's always made me wonder too like did the demon just really like reagan like is that why he hung out in that body for so long because like he easily breaks the binds and starts levitating killed that guy with no problem can do pretty much anything he wants and he could go into any host apparently if he wants to so what was it that kept him in reagan did he just like seeing the sheer terror that he caused that family did he just like the slow draining of a kid and he's like likes taking life from someone so young there's a lot that is not really established in his intention especially with that and his powers but you know mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of especially supernatural horror movies tend to do that a lot stephen king cites it as horror coming from folk tales and fairy tales and how simplistic those stories are and the binary of good versus evil but who knows yeah and like maybe i'm being a little bit unfair in saying like we needed rules super established because but i think i think there's a there's an invisible line and i don't think this movie crosses it egregiously like to compare it to something else that we've talked about like this is not lucy this is not like taking this concept that is, you know, a little bit far-fetched and then just going insane with it. Like, it's not going that far off the rails. But it it's going outside of the lines that it seems to establish for itself. Not egregiously, but enough that you're like, mm, I don't know if that works. So I think that's worth noting, at least. To finish up my point as to what didn't, make it a good horror movie i mentioned also the scares like what's what scares the the fact that she turns her head two different times in the movie ooh, that was that, that almost got me the fact that she pulls a contortionist bit on the steps the fact that there are flashing frames of a nosferatu looking mf staring at the camera like i don't or maybe the horror is the mother's pov where she doesn't know what's wrong with her daughter even though the audience does by a certain point which dives into evan's topic this isn't the first possession film ever made uh i looked up possession films and there was one in 1960 the haunting i don't know if there's possession in that i know it's a ghost film just based on the title i didn't dive deep into that but i'm sure they were rarer by this time but uh there had to be a good chunk of 1973 folks that figured it out before the characters did in the film. Even even the title gives it away. Like Yeah, I think everyone um, kind of knew that going in. Um, That's a lot of what my topic is about. And, um, 
yeah but and finish we'll, out we yours. can switch that in a second yeah and then also as i mentioned before perhaps my numbness this is all my opinion on it of course um but perhaps my numbness to this film is uh, attempt to evoke emotion is due to like media coming out today as i'm sure like back in 1973 this was wild to see and to add a button to my topic i i, I was frankly just kind of bored by the movie like not even the possession itself was intriguing to me it's not like possession is something i look forward or look for to watch in movies and horror movies but i was just like okay she's possessed now we're at that point in the movie that i've seen clips of and we're here and then dude kills himself so yeah yeah uh, shock value doesn't automatically equal a good a good movie in my opinion so that's that's it and unless you guys had anything else that was all i had for it yeah just to close it out i'm glad we brought that up because shock value is such a big part of horror and we didn't cover that in the others so i'm i'm glad i'm glad you brought that as a topic so for my topic uh we have gotten into this already a bit but i was thinking about like how we as the audience are ahead of the characters in a lot of this and kind of like what do you do with that how do you avoid it if you can't what do you do instead um because like Delani was saying a couple minutes ago from the title we know that possession is going to be part of like that's that's the central hook of this movie and we spend kind of a lot of time just ruling out other possibilities and that's not a problem in itself because i think if you don't spend the time to rule out other possibilities then the characters look dumb like they do have to do their due diligence and be like all right is this some kind of psychological thing is it medical and you know we have all those scenes i think the problem with it and jelani you were basically saying this earlier is like it's just not efficient like we need a lot of the setup in those earlier sections like basically the first hour of the movie but we don't need an hour of it i don't think we need 20 minutes maybe 30 like i don't think there i think you could condense a lot of that in terms of like eliminating other possibilities i think it just could have been a quicker scene like i was thinking about an alternate way to write this where say we start the movie in father cares pov we get like you know a little bit of setup with his mom because you need that for later but aside from that you don't really need the other setup with him like that's kind of the one thing you need to confirm and then you have chris the mom come to him after like everything has happened and just present to him like hey my daughter started acting weird a month ago. Here's all these things. I've already gone to all the doctors and everything. Like, I don't think that would be better necessarily. Like, I'm not trying to say that's a better movie, but you could do it like that and just kind of like get to things quicker. Like, I think we've seen plenty of movies that take more of that approach where it's like, we're just going to like quickly get through in a montage or something like I was thinking earlier today about like Gone Girl as a comparison where like we know from the title this is going to be about a woman who goes missing. So as soon as she goes missing, like 
five or ten minutes into the movie, like, we get a pretty quick scene that's just, like, here's the police and Ben Affleck establishing, like, all right, we're going to just treat this as a missing persons case now. Like, we, and it checks off the boxes. It's like, all right, we're going to, like, do our due diligence. But it's one scene. It's maybe, like, two minutes at most. And then we're off to the races and, like the audience isn't having to wait for the characters to catch up to what they already know. I think I'm, I'm giving this film just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because it's, it's supernatural That's as fair. opposed to being based in science. So I feel like they have to go through all of the, I, again, I don't like agreeing with you. I don't think it needed to take nowhere near as long, but because you have to, get through all of the scientific possibilities before saying, all right, this is something science can't handle. Like we got to go to religion. Like that's, I, I can understand that it taking kind of yeah. a little bit longer with that. That's a very fair point. And I think that actually does make it somewhat necessary that like the, the version I was pitching where it's just Chris doing that in dialogue. Like, I think that would be a lot weaker if that's all we saw. Like the facts that we do see, all the stuff in the hospital and everything like even if you like i don't know if that's accurate but for us as an audience that's medical stuff happening we have like brain scans that we are seeing like we know by the time that she goes to him like we have exhausted that option and again i think it spends too long on it but there's a value in it and yeah, like you said, Jelani, it's like because it's supernatural, like you, you kind of got to exhaust that option a little bit at least and and do more than just dialogue. Especially for the time it came out, I feel. That too. That and it being one of the first movies to do it too. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's very fair. I think one thing it could have done better in that regard, though, is like if we are going to spend that long establishing like, okay, this isn't you know, something psychological, this isn't, like, brain trauma that's, like, you know, physically detectable, then we kind of need to figure out, we need to learn more in those scenes. Like, there's a screenwriting rule that I hear a lot, which is, like, make your scene do more than one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those scenes are only really doing one thing at a time. And that was actually kind of where I leaned forward also. Like, when Father Karras is introduced and he starts saying, like, uh, actually, exorcism is maybe not the best option here, and he kind of like runs through it. I that was when I was leaning forward. I was like, I want this information. Like, I I found that explanation when him and Chris meet. Like, that was actually very compelling. But again, I think it's I think the question that I'm posing here is a little bit less about like the characters in the movie don't know the title of the movie they're in, so you can't have them be like you know you can't make them self aware to that. But also, like, I think at a certain point, you just have to get to what the title is, essentially. Like, if if you're doing that kind of movie where, like, the premise is very obvious to us, either through marketing or through the title, you gotta, if you're not gonna get to it until a certain amount in, you've gotta at least be giving us, like, essential backstory you got to be giving us some kind of information that's going to be important later, like setups or like if, like I said, if, if we're not going to learn, if 
if we're gonna sit that long in those hospital scenes, we gotta get more information that's gonna be relevant later when the exorcism's actually happening. So like, it's not that none of it is necessary. It's just stretched out. Like you, you gotta just get through those scenes faster or make them denser. Is kind of my lesson. How long did we need to spend on the? It's not a tracheon. I don't know the procedure name for it, but when they stick the needle in her thing and yeah, the blood, did we that need to gross me out. do that for that long? That was. I'm not saying it grossed me out or anything. It was just like, why are, why are we here? Why are we seeing this? Is it to show the the technical thing? I, I'm saying both of those things. It grossed me out, and I was like, what is this doing here? Like, we hmm. we can see it's a hospital. We can check that box. Like. There might not be much more to it than that, but I think that was kind of my, I think it was a weakness of this movie. Because Act 1 is important. Like, I I am not one to advocate for, like, just get us to the genre stuff. Like, screw all this setup. I don't care about these characters. Like, no, spend the time to establish that. But I think this is a case where it takes too long. Yeah. But by the time the possession went down, we were halfway through the movie... And there's still more for the characters to, like, figure out, like, why the demon's yeah. even there. And I don't even think we get that by the end. Um, even though by this point, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt being in 1973. Like, do they know what an exorcism is? I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. in 1973. <laughs> no, I think that's... The, um, well, <clears throat> and there's, there's an extent to which I think, like, y- you got to give this movie credit to an extent for, like establishing like a cinematic language for what possession and exorcism is like i haven't seen the sequels to this but and maybe it's just through like the references and the boondocks and futurama or whatever that i've seen but like this seems like it kind of wrote the book on like how do you present a possession yeah Yeah. and like props to it for that um, yeah, that's why I never say it, because I don't know, like, I don't know if it was the first to use these instances, but it's easily the most impactful, and its iconography is used in, like, every possession supernatural story going forward. Yeah, like, especially, like, the floating off the bed thing, and stuff being... Th- the like, weird, just weird behavior in general, yeah. Mm-hmm, the convulsions, like... That's all That's all there in that Boondocks episode. I think it's... And then Futurama, I think, has, like, a bunch of stuff, like, floating around the room or whatever, like... And those are pretty clear, like, call-outs. Like, I, they're they're pretty obvious in, like, we're, we're homaging the Exorcist here, guys. Like, we're not just drawing on it. But other stuff, I think, does it to a lesser extent. Where it's like, all right, here's a shorthand. This person's possessed. You, you really wouldn't have a lot of what exists today as far as possessions and ghost movies go without it. So I'm not going to discredit it mm-hmm. for that in any way. Well, I don't know if you wouldn't have it without it. It's it's more that, like, this is, this is, like, the template that you're going off of. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of this, I'm think, I haven't fully seen any of these movies, but uh, Paranormal Activity comes to mind as well. Those are possession movies, so... You know, I don't know if they're at any point doing a full exorcism, but I feel like that's drawn from this as well. Like, it's kind of hard not to if you're writing a ghost possession movie. So, yeah. Uh, David, did you have any responses to just the like 
being ahead of your audience because I, I i feel like again like you being the more seasoned person with this movie like is there something i'm missing in those scenes no i don't think you you're missing anything i i agree with a lot of like it especially like we've talked about demi and his mom that can be cut a lot the the set stuff can get cut a lot i do think within her own reagan's getting tested all of that stuff and with her brain and her throat i think a lot of the emphasis is on the mom's reaction in those moments because you're supposed to kind of feel for like because she's even like turns away when she sees that and you're supposed to really feel for like this woman will go so far for her kid but even this is like a lot and you know how much further it's going to have to go because you know it is a possession movie and i think literally they ride that wave of the audience always being ahead until that like older priest dies i think once like you walk in the door and the older priest is dead everybody is on the exact same page and everyone is like okay well now what what is next and that's my personal favorite part of the film because of that reason yeah well i I don't want to like spend too long on semantics but you just using the phrase ride that wave feels like it's a hook that's keeping the audience there i kind of feel like that's them being behind the ball like i think you can do it either way like i was thinking of like batman begins is like another movie where batman doesn't show up in his like true batman form for the first half of the movie but the first act or like whatever you want to call the first half up to that point we're still getting stuff and i feel like there is something where like the title is promising us like stick with us guys we're gonna get to batman whereas in this movie the title feels like it's it's almost like a spoiler it's like okay if you want this to be a reveal a uh, bad job i knew that when i bought my ticket like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but, like, do you see, when you're, and again, I don't want to lock you into this phrasing, but when you say, like, they're riding that wave, are you saying that as, like, the writer is, like, taking advantage of the fact that we are, like, anticipating the exorcism, or are they, like, mm-hmm. behind the ball and having to, like, make up for the fact that we already know where it's going? I think it's more the first one where you're anticipating the exorcism. I think a lot of what the writer and the director are doing is with each scene, they're trying to up the stakes of you thinking, well, how much worse can this get? Like, you, you're watching her just masturbate with a crucifix, this is, and she's bleeding, and she just sexually assaulted her mother and then slapped her. Is it going to get worse than that? Well, we're only halfway in the movie. It has to. And, mm. like, that kind of concept of we can't imagine how worse it's going to get. And then right when it's kind of at its almost worse we get this beacon of hope from the beginning in this like grand priest character and then he just flat out gets murked so then it like really just sits there at that point and it's just like okay here we are we are at the moment that we have been building up and telling you about this whole time and now what will happen and we learn that he has to kill himself i i I didn't know where it was going once the priest died either honestly so yeah it got me there yeah i do think like it's it establishes, like, all of the buildup, and maybe we'll get the, into this more with your topic, David, but, like, I, I do think for all of my gripes with the buildup, by the time it got to the exorcism scene, I was excited for it. I was like, all right, cool, we've, like, got good power scaling here, like, with the demon. Well, like, if you want to call it that, like, is it, like we No, I, think, we can I just see think that's a funny word for it, yeah. I, 
I feel like that's kind of the language it's trading in a little bit, though. Like, we've spent no, I'm it so com- long yeah. um, building up to it, it, it that does, I'm like, that's, yeah, it's, that's it's a fair word ready for, it. for us. Or, like, mm-hmm. I'm ready for it to be like, all right, let's have this showdown now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to come out on top. I feel like they, they create a good amount of uncertainty. And I think just to go back to, like, what we were talking about a minute ago, I think, David, maybe, like, kind of to what you were saying about, like, riding the wave, you're saying, like, if we're getting all of this crazy possession stuff that Rain is doing, and it's only halfway, I think that maybe combines with, like, the shock value a little bit, where if you are watching this in the 70s and you are shocked by that earlier stuff, then maybe it is creating an anticipation of like, oh, damn, we've got an hour left of this movie or at least like you can tell there's more to come. So like how much worse can this get? I think that could be a very valid reaction. But again, it's probably a little more likely back in the 70s than with anyone watching it now. I didn't have any more on my topic here. So if if you guys had more, go ahead. But... That was all my points. Yeah, I don't think so. Alrighty, so I'll just get into my topic, which was the pace of the movie, which has been, I think, a big central discussion of all of our topics. Um, yeah. The pace, for me, majority of the time it does work, barring those scenes where I do think like the Demi stuff is a little long, and then uh, the set stuff I really don't need. Like She can really just host the party, and that be that. And just be like, these are my friends. And I would have bought it all and just been like, I don't need to know how you know these people. You're an adult. You have your own life. Bring your friends over. (laughs) But other than that, I do enjoy this. I am a fan of slow burns usually in general, but I do enjoy how slow it takes to get there. Just seeing the normal interactions between Regan and her mom and seeing their relationship a little bit so that by the time she does get possessed and it gets worse and worse it is that stark contrast a lot of paranormal movies don't really do that anymore a lot of them like the most recent exorcist exorcist believer you get one scene with the girls it's when they're dropped off at school and then they come back from the woods and they're possessed and the the ball starts rolling by like 20 minutes in and i just don't i don't feel as jarred by it mainly because i didn't get to see them be normal kids for a little bit and I really do find that impactful in this film, especially Linda Blair being such a good performer. It's just incredible to think that the girl from the beginning is that same girl tied to that bed. It's just you completely see them as two different entities. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much where I fall on like the pacing of it. I really I find it quite successful, even still today. I never get scared of the film, but I am always entertained by it and able to still be sustained by just the pacing and the characters and like that general tension of the mom wanting to save her daughter by any means and never being able to i find that all very uh, successful whereas more uh, supernatural movies today and maybe it is the lack of novelty and it's being desensitized to it but nowadays it does feel a little bit more forced and i don't really buy it as much but i do buy their relationship in that movie but I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say more so on the pacing. I was going to ask before that, like, where do you think the horror stems from for this horror movie? I think it's a few things. I think it's the mom and the daughter thing, like you, you kind of said about 
the fear, the lack of control of a mom watching herself lose her daughter right in front of her, not being able to do anything about it. I think that's a pretty horrific thing. I also think, just in general, so many more people were already, at that point, aware of religion and still into the ideologies behind it, or they were aware and starting to break away from it. So when you get like a little bit of body horror with the testing and stuff, that kind of triggers that a bit, but also it going through science and trying everything and saying this will not work, this will not work, this will not work, I think also for people at that time maybe shook them a bit as they were starting to go from their faith and leaning really heavy into science. And then even seeing the faith fail and, oh, the demon's just going to kill the priest. Oh, the holy water's not really holy water. You have no real control. And I think that's really the center point of all of the fear in this movie is the lack of control. Okay, I see that a bit more. Where, like, I I didn't realize earlier, everything they're trying is... Like, the science, the religion, nothing actually works by the end. I, I can see the horror coming from that. Like they, like you said, no control. Okay, I, I get that a bit more. That is a okay. good point. As I said, I'm not, I'm not the, I have the track record of just not being the biggest fan of the slow burn. I, I get it, and it's definitely a thing, but for me, for me to sit through a slow burn, the reveal has to be something special. And not a lot of people know... Like, I, I don't even know what is special enough for me to, like, be like, okay, I'm glad I sat through that. Like, th- there's different reveals every single time when it comes to stuff like this. So, Breaking Bad is an example. I, many may not agree with me, but I feel like that show was a slow burn, honestly. I think I might have enjoyed it more if I knew that Breaking Bad was a slow burn, plus the fact that the characters kind of sucked but that's another topic (laughs) um (laughs) like everybody just sucked by the end behind her eyes was a netflix show i don't think it was horror it was more thriller and psychological there's another example of a slow burn and my mom was telling me she's the one that pushed me to just get through it the reveal for that was just enough for me to not hate it like because if you that's that's the risk in my opinion my experience watching slow burns and just media in general like if you're going to make me sit through eight plus episodes or two hour long movie like your reveal has to be something special special for me to have spent the time with you like stringing along for the ride forcing myself to get through it like you have to have something special by the end and that that's why slow burns is just it it, normally just not for me because i haven't seen or experienced a lot where i'm just like i y'all y'all got that i don't feel bad for any of the characters in this either i think characters the more i'm watching things and reflecting on them the more i realize characters are kind of important to me they didn't used to be it used to just be plot i'm just like all right as long as things happen i'm i'm here for it but like i don't care about as i i don't care about any of these people so seeing Reagan, I'm on the opposite end, David. Seeing Reagan prepossession into her transformation did nothing for my emotions or reactions. And I might need to self-reflect on that. But <laughs> well, I'll, 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 back you, I'll back both of you up a little bit on that. Because like you, Jelani, like, I, I don't feel as, like I don't have anything against Reagan by the time they're like, you know, if it's asking you to be invested, like, 
I don't have anything against her, but I wasn't like, I'll, I'll watch this character do anything. Like, I wasn't super compelled. But I do agree with your point from a few minutes ago, David, that like, when you're saying like, comparing to these other movies where you get one scene with the kid and then they're possessed... I think there is value in the amount of time we spend with Reagan. Like, by the time she is possessed, we've had time to kind of get used to normal Reagan. And I think you do... There is something lost when you have that, like, almost instant possession because, you know, you can't emulate the experience that her mom has of knowing and watching this kid grow for 12 years. But if you give us 20 minutes instead of 10, yeah, that matters. Like two, three scenes instead of one, that counts for a lot. And I think that is worth noting. But to back you up also, Jelani, like, do I care that this kid is being possessed? Like, it's, it, granted, there's a lot of kid characters that, like, are just annoying out the gate. And I'm like, get this kid out of here. Kill the kid in Home Alone. I don't want him around. I'm rooting for the bandits in that movie. Like, it doesn't do that. So, like, and I only say that because I feel like the way kid characters are written in movies is often I'm just, like, I, I just want them to die because <laughs> they're just so goddamn annoying. But, like, yeah, it, I don't feel like this gives us much to, like, get invested in Reagan. And in some cases, like, that can give me a ton of mileage. I feel like there and you know it can happen with kid characters like I don't know how long it takes in some cases but I know some of my like favorite performances of the past few years are and it's not even always stuff that I've finished but like Amandala Stenberg in The Hate You Give mm. or um Kiernan Shipka in the uh what is it Sabrina Teenage Witch show or Daphne Keene in His Dark Materials those are three, like, they're not kids, they're more teenagers. I guess Lyra's more of a kid. Anyway, like, those are three characters where I was like, I'll watch you do anything. Like, I care so much about them. And I forget how long it takes, but, like, it is not impossible to invest me in a kid character. And actually, like, if you can do it, if they are a kid, sometimes that does elevate it. But also, if they're annoying... I want that little shit out of here as fast as I can, much more when it's a kid. Um, me too. So the I don't know if Bob that's just me. Oh my god, I want him to die so much. Yeah, like, and I, I feel like it's more often that I see the annoying kid in yeah. movies. But, like, it's, it is, it's very possible. And I feel like in this case, it's just, it's kind of neutral. But that does count for a lot. And maybe, you, you know, in 20 minutes... I don't know if you can get us on board, especially if we're bracing ourselves for like this person's going to, you know, essentially not be in the movie for the second. Like, you know, it's not Reagan that we're dealing with. So how much do you want to like try to get us invested in a case like this? I don't know. But I, I think you're both right. That was a very long way of saying it. But yeah. So for me again personally it takes a lot for me to I mean, it's rare i actually get invested into characters and stories that i i don't have to be invested into characters in order to like a story but it definitely helps and i don't think it helps that it's a horror film going in i'm just thinking like knowing it's a horror film i'm thinking anybody can get the axe like 
anybody can die at any moment. Um, do you try to keep it at a distance because of that? Because I know some people who do that. Like, they don't try to get invested in something like this because they know everyone is up for, like, bait. I think yeah. so. I don't even think it's, like, conscious. Like, I'm not like, oh, I like them, but it's a horror movie. Like, I just, I think it's just subconscious. I think the last time it strongly affected... It's really just Jordan Peele movies. I mean, those recent memory, job. like... Yeah, I I don't ever want Daniel Daniel Kaluuya's character to die ever. Like, that's why I was kind of sad. I I thought it was the ending was kind of ambiguous. Of um, nope, but especially like specifically Get Out. Like I needed him to make it out of that, mm-hmm. um, especially as the main character. Like, so going in and knowing this is a horror movie, and I I just like with any of the Final Destination movies. Like I I. I know most of you are gonna die, so be as present on screen as you can and try to try to win me over. But, yeah. Uh, well, I think that counts for a lot because, like, if you, if we're looking at Jordan Peele's, at least like, let's just take Daniel Kaluuya in both Get Out and Nope. I, I guess in Nope, there's a little more of like because his dad dies at the beginning, so there's a little bit more of a like, here we're gonna give you like something to emotionally invest you and get you on his side. I don't think we have a scene like that in Get Out. Like, he's going into a situation that, like, you know, in his mind, he's just like, I'm meeting my girlfriend's parents. Like, you know, we can sympathize with that a little bit, at least. But I feel like the sympathy for his character just comes from watching him deal with the situation in, like, a really grounded way. And, like, I think that's kind of all that you have in most horror movies. But Get Out and you know, like Jordan Peele writing and Daniel Kaluuya performing, like they just do it really well. I don't know that there's like a scene in that movie that sells Chris for me in a way that I'm not sold on Reagan or Wendy from Final Destination. Yeah. They just make you care about this character like organically. Yeah. Again, for my taste, like it's a, it's a rare case to get me to like super invest into a character so in a horror movie you kind of have to do double the work and i don't want to blame this movie for not making me invest in like most of the characters because again i go in thinking "Eh, anybody can die so i'm gonna just watch it scares me good if it don't uh might need to go back to the drawing board but i i think it's uh also in part not just it being a horror movie but knowing reagan gets possessed at all like that it's not really a spoiler because i would assume it was in marketing or something i don't i don't i can't go back to 1973 to know but knowing she gets possessed like knowing she's going to transform at some point i don't i don't think helps either i don't think that also because we're on the topic of slow burn like that doesn't help the slow burn pace to me either like knowing like i yeah we gotta okay we're in the desert right now there's a to get okay now we're spending time with the title character the exorcist himself father karis cool he's with his mother she calls him dimmy awesome uh okay reagan's mother axe okay now we see reagan okay now we got some time between the two of them they have a nice conversation about mr burke okay mr burke's dead when are we getting to the possession and i've seen you know clips from this movie so i know who would be possessed um 
but I, I just couldn't be bothered to care. I think you make a good point of like, you have to do double the work. I, I would build on it and say, I think you either have to do double the work to get us invested if it's a horror movie, or you take the Final Destination approach and do half of the work to signal to right. us, like, make them, don't even Make bother. them as memorable as possible in the time. Give, give them some sort of trait that you can... I- you might not remember the names. I'm surprised I remembered any of their names when we did the episode. But I think I only forgot goth girl Aaron's name. But make them as memorable as possible because you know with just the premise that not everybody's making it. So find a trait to stick and proudly present to, to the audience. You got dumb jock guy. You got... Yeah, like the archetypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like... Give them something. Yeah, your whole... Yeah. Your whole uh, topic for that episode, David, was cannon fodder mm-hmm. characters. Like, mm-hmm. signal to us that they're going to be cannon fodder so we can have fun with it and not bother. Or, like you were saying, Jelani, if you're not going to do that, you kind of got to do double the work. What you, where you, I think the, de- the death zone is, like, the middle ground. And mm-hmm. I think you could argue this movie goes in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Or to bring it back, like, to the first episode we did for this, it, like... I think Psycho kind of gives you double. I think we get invested in Marion in the first half of that. Mm. Um, And again, like that movie does a little bit of a better job hiding itself as a horror movie for the first half where like we don't actually have those like guardrails up where we're like, oh, well, she's going to get clapped at some point. So like, let's not get too attached. I think that's a case where it does double the work. I didn't have anything else on Slow Burn, Evan, if you have more notes. I have a couple, I think. Like I said before, I don't think we need a lot of this. I think this is a bit too slow. But it, it does build us up to the exorcism. And I think, like you were saying, Jelani, like, if the whole point of a slow burn is that you're giving me a good payoff, this is a pretty decent payoff, I think. I would have liked if it was more. But it, I, I will say the payoff is decent. I think... For slow burns more broadly, I kind of have an issue with it in general, especially for TV shows. Like, I feel like like once a week, I'll walk by a couple people at work talking about like either my coworkers or like someone at a table being like, "Oh yeah, you got to get through like four episodes of this show before it gets good." And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, "You lose me at that." I don't even. You I won't even hear the title, and I'm just like, "Nope." I'll watch a movie instead. I don't want to spend that long. Like, I don't care. Like, especially with a TV show where I feel like my favorite shows are ones where I'm like, I don't have to be hooked into what's happening next. I am here because every time I watch an episode of this, it's a good experience. Like, every one of my favorite shows is pretty much that. How many times have you heard, oh, the first few seasons, you got to get through the first few. few yeah. Just, yeah. Like, like, season one and two, you got to, you got to. Just get no. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My my Chase friend of friend of the pod said that about Better Call Saul, and I was just like, I could barely, not barely, but I, I finished Breaking Bad, and you're telling me like, one or two of the seasons of Better Call Saul, I gotta get through to get to like this one character you think I might like. No. Yeah, I think no, that's even I'm a not, slower burn. Gonna... So stay away from that. Yeah. Don't go near it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good off that. I think so, there there seems to be an audience for it. Maybe it's just that the three of us aren't, but I I just have a low tolerance for it because you can have a great payoff, but like you also you, you got to get me to the end. Like 
to its credit, and, you know, slight teaser for our next episode, but, like, I like to compare Game of Thrones versus the MCU, where, like, I will watch any episode of Game of Thrones over any single MCU installment and have a better time, but I'd rather watch Endgame than Season 8. So, like, and, (laughs) you know, there's a few things that have both, where, like, you can have a, like, I think Last Airbender was, I think something I said when we got to the end of that was, like, yeah, good ending, and I loved it almost every episode. Like, there were maybe five episodes that I, like, don't want to go back to, like, great experience all the way through but like the slow burn is kind of like basically telling you we're gonna be end game you gotta sit through ant-man and the wasp and like thor the dark world but we're gonna give you end game we promise like stick with us guys and i think that's just a much harder sell like i'll i i I was disappointed with season eight of game of thrones as anyone but i'll take a game of thrones every time because I'll actually get to season eight and be disappointed when I get there, but I'll get there. Yeah, in my mind, it ended after six. It's so crazy. Why'd they stop making the show? It was so successful. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When you said The Last Airbender, I was going to ask, you mean the the show, right? And then course, I realized there's nothing course. but the oh, show. Oh, no, sorry. My, my boy M. Knight. Like, I got to stand for that guy. <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> there's a... Are you telling me there's a movie? There's a, <laughs> I don't. What? They shouldn't do that. I don't. Right. Uh, yeah, about I don't, know, um, I don't think the they Avatar. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, know I'll take Avatar any day. And any episode, any day. Yeah. Do you guys have more on the slow burn? I was done. No, I have the takeaways then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. All right. So we'll move into that. So like we did for um, the Dark Knight trilogy, and I think we did it for Avatar as well. Probably. And maybe Pirates, I think too. But anyway. We're going to do, just looking back from Psycho, Nope, uh, Final Destination, and this, The Exorcist, we're just going to each do a takeaway, like a creative takeaway that we're taking from this whole cycle. Or more than one. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say this was not going to be one of mine. I'm going to take the conversation we just had about character. Like, either do it double, doubly get us invested, or go halfway, I think, in, in horror specifically. Probably true of other genres, but I think especially horror. Like, I won't elaborate because we talked about it, but I think that's a takeaway that I am going to do. Uh, do either of you want to go first with this? I'll go first. For me, the biggest takeaway is horror is the most successful when it plays into theater of the mind, and our imagination is the scariest thing that we have. And once, like Jelani said it a lot of times, once you see it, and you're able to compartmentalize that visual, the horror is kind of fleeting. Um, And even, like, with The Exorcist, I don't... Of these films, I think The Exorcist probably is the least scary to me. Like, the the shower scene in Psycho, I'll take over anything that happens in The Exorcist, because you just... A shower is a sensory deprivation tank, where it's just sound, you're getting touched, it's wet, it's so much happening, you can't see because the curtain the unknown beyond that curtain is huge. And the only time this movie taps into that in full effect to me is that priest scene. Because then finally it's like everything is unknown and we're just going to have to see how this ends in the last five minutes. And same through A Final Destination. And with Nope, so much of the success of that is the theater of the mind and the unknown and what we do to ourselves when we watch these stories. And I think when we get to Halloween with my next two, that's a huge one as well that taps into that. And it's just that's my favorite kind of horror even when reading horror 
that's my favorite kind of horror. I, I can't tell you when I was growing up how many times like I shampooed my hair and then tried to quick quickly get the water the, the soap out of my eyes and check to make sure there was nobody ready to kill me. I hadn't even seen Psycho by that point, but irrational fears. I have a couple. Uh number one, the takeaway from the horror horror trilogy quad quadri- quadrilogy. quadrilogy. I think we're counting psychos yeah. quadrilogy. I I guess. Uh be scary. Be scary. <laughs> <laughs> like if you can't scare me bro uh even if it's something niche or something people wouldn't think about being scared of like log trucks you like this is your one job as a to be classified as a horror movie be scary please as we i think we kind of touched on it don't reveal your monsters at all if you can help it or wait till the very end I wouldn't say not to reveal your monsters. I think I think Alien does it really well. From what I've seen of it, I haven't fully seen that movie either. But if we're going to spend a majority of the time in your movie with characters before some of them die, make them memorable at the very least, like Evan said. And be creative with your monster if your horror film has one. Creativity really goes a long way and stuff like this. Like, it's supposed to be fantastical. So, yeah. Yeah, I think to... Uh... To quote something that David said way back in our Godzilla vs. Kong episode, show me how many mouths the Xenomorph has. Like, get us get us all of the... Like, show us everything. If you're gonna... Like, don't just give us... I mean, not to come at a something that's considered iconic, but is Predator that cool of a monster? It's a yeah. alien with... Yeah, I, I don't... Personally, I don't find I it. I think so. That good. Um, no, not design-wise, but not no, not okay. better than the Xenomorph. Okay. No, okay. yeah, fair enough. No, I think that the Predator is oh, kind yeah. of a boring Ooh. design, like physically. But yeah, in no, terms Alien of, is like, one of the coolest. Yeah, to I me, he's the, the coolest. Yeah, I love the Xenomorph so much. And I do think Predator gets scarier when he takes his mask off, like when that final. That's what I'm thinking. That's where movie, I was thinking. Yeah, that's when you're like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's all my takeaways. Um, okay. Well, uh, mine is not... Mine might sound like it is contradicting one of yours, but it's not. My takeaway is do more than scare us. Because I, unlike you, am, am not typically scared by horror movies. Like, I think A Quiet Place, the jump scares got me in a fun way. But that's the only time that that's happened. And granted, I haven't, like, tested too many waters with, like, the jump scare side of horror. Just because I haven't. But, like, I think I'm maybe, like, across these four movies, I am, like, scared at all maybe, like, three times in any of these. Like, a couple of the final, de- I talked about with Final Destination, like, I was a little paranoid after, so it got me there. There's a couple of shots in Nope that I think are, like, kind of get me in that, like, fight or flight area. That with, house like, the scene. animals. Hmm? Which one? The house scene too, with when it's raining and it starts, it's over. And the it just house, like vomits raining, on them. But, yeah, yeah, that gets me. That's not one for me. Mine's. I think I mentioned the one where Gordy's like coming at the camera. That one gets me. And Ooh. then a couple of like I think just the presence of like Jean Jacket throughout like the second half kind of hits for that too. But that's a little bit more fun than like scary. I just think it's kind of cool. An odd one mm-hmm. that gets me from Nope is when OJ realizes the cloud wasn't moving. Like, it's not played to be horror or horrific in any of its direction, but just when you think about 
how much you just don't notice if you keep your head down and how much could mm. be going on around you and it's just like that i always think like well, that's very unsettling i need to look out more mm. yeah that that's fair but i mean those it, that is just not where i find these movies engaging is like i i don't like these because i get scared by them because i i generally kind of don't um but i i think all of these have at least something compelling to them and like beyond the fear that they're trying to generate and i think that's like you know i as somebody who doesn't vibe with horror movies can still be engaged or get something out of these like nope i think it's just a blast every time i watch it and it has some really compelling themes psycho has a good character story in the first half and some like really good hitchcock tension scenes in the second half final destination like it's kind of trashy but i was leaning forward in all of those death scenes like it it got me with the anticipation like it's it worked and i kind of hate to say it i think the exorcist is my least favorite of these four that we did but that exorcism scene really solid and there's like i think a 90 minute cut of this movie could be a half star higher for me like i think i could have in i saw that there's a director's cut that's even longer and i i don't want that i want this to be the director's cut and the real the theatrical one to be 90 minutes personally but i think that is my takeaway is just like give us mystery is a good way to do it like checking both boxes because you can have like fear of the unknown but also like a mystery is just a good way to make your audience lean forward whether they're scared or not and i don't know if this is a theory i'm like willing to stand by super hard but maybe when horror movies just try for scares that's when they become cheap and forgettable and just Mm. try to do like disturbing imagery and jump scares just to be like ha see we got you you're scared boom we win honest honestly it's the same with horror games like biggest example i can think of recently that everybody probably knows about by this point is five nights at freddy's like that originally was just cheap jump scares the game but games like pt i don't know if you guys ever heard of that that stays with you it was a canceled video game and i wanted to i've never wanted a horror game to be made as badly as that one it it was um Hideo Kojima and Norman Reedus was supposed to be the main character and you're going through hallways but it's the same hallway and something's a little different every oh, time that's you that go game. through I, okay, I know what that wanted is. to see that game so badly because I've never felt that way that those those chills from a horror game since that or before that like um, and now it's been announced Hideo Kojima and Jordan Peele are working on a horror video game and oh boy wow i am i I think i might even buy it just to support them working together like the idea of them doing something together is absolutely nuts i mean um, if any name is gonna get me to buy a horror game it's jordan peele i've never played horror games i don't think i would enjoy them but i played outlast that game (laughs) well the second one i'm sorry i i streamed the second game and what scared me more than actually being outside in that game was the school scenes where you're by yourself and and literally anything can happen but sorry i was saying all that to support your point uh evan don't go for the cheap 
stuff make stuff that'll like stick with people that's the, kind of the point of movies like you don't want people to just forget right i i think it depends you want them to come back well, it depends on what you're making. Yeah. Like, Transformers, I don't think, is going to stick with people. Um, but I, it, I think it notoriously does not <laughs> stick with people because of Michael Bay's visual style. You're just like, bleh, two, two trucks smashing, bleh, junkyard, <laughs> explosions, yeah. Megan uh, Fox. Yeah, it depends on all this color palette. Yeah. I would disagree with you blues. there. I kind of like the the color palette in them. It's a lot yeah. of orange and blue. A lot of orange and blue. Even even the people are normally like orange in hue. Well, whenever like Michael Bay is one of the worst offenders of like we're in the Middle East, everything is yellow. <laughs> like <laughs> he's he's one of the most extreme offenders of that trope. I think. Yeah, but yeah, I was don't. I wouldn't recommend going for the. If you want to like last, if you're not, if you know the type of movie you want, go go for the. You can go for scares, of course. That's like, to me, that's the main thing. Go for that, but um. Also, say something. Or make I it think, about. Make I, it I about think something. I'm I'm gonna push back on you a little bit because I'm with you, except that I don't think you have to do that because Final Destination I don't think does any of those, and that was still a good time. Like I don't again. I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch I mean, any of those others. But you could you could say it was telling you to be careful. Yeah, that's which is saying. not a bad lesson. Be careful. Like it's not that deep, but hey. it's like hey, you know, don't pick up those maybe, scissors. Ma- <laughs> yeah, do a double take at your kitchen knives. Were they there before? Right. Or be a bit more them? aware and cautious of your yeah. surroundings. Yeah. Obey the signs at the tanning salon. <laughs> I bet a lot of people took tanning salon rules more seriously after they watched Final Destination. Don't be stupid. 3. Final Destination is saying don't be stupid because a lot of those deaths are those people's faults. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. All the and again, I mean, maybe to really tie it back to Psycho, be careful like what the message is because you know that kind of has an undertone mm. of like watch out for men wearing dresses and mm. you know again, I don't think that movie is necessarily cancel worthy because of that but there's been impacts so do both have fun say something but watch your message i guess yeah i don't i I just i want to push back a like a bit on the like you have to be memorable because there's a place for like the trashy side of this and like i don't want to say that like everything should go for that but it has its place and for sure like there's and I've I've kind of come to appreciate that like in other genres like just oh yeah like you can have like I'd rather watch something that's like campy and like you know in time is a movie that I love because it just goes really hard I don't want in time to like take itself more seriously I love that it commits to the bit so hard like I'll again like I, I think I said it when we did that episode. In time over limitless any day. Like, oh, limitless yeah. tries to go for that, like, broad appeal, say something. In time says something. But it's like, I don't know. I, I think you can, there's there's actually kind of an art to low art. And I, I've, oh I, my God, I've yeah. come to appreciate that more. Lucy recently. over Psycho, Halloween, Alien, <laughs> any day. Yeah. <laughs> 
because Lucy is <laughs> trying to say something. Reaction. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, Lucy's Lucy trying is to definitely say, trying to say something. What are Compared you doing to, like, with that ten percent of your brain? <laughs> Come on. Come on, David. <laughs> are we good on on your guys' lessons there? Takeaways? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just to to close it out before we get to the boilerplate, I think it'd be fun if we did this with other genres. I don't know what we could like how how we want to narrow it down, but like maybe someday we do like three courtroom dramas, three rom coms, something like that. Oh um, god, I'm not looking forward to that. Three rom coms, Jesus. I I, I get I, yeah. I, I, think I agree. We all find one. I, I have <laughs> I have like two I could nominate. I think it's not a genre that I'm super into. But guys, long shot. Everybody is sleeping on long shot. Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Check it out. Oh, Someday I thought you were come. saying like I thought you were saying long shot. But like no. this is gonna be like, a long shot. Going, then tell us. Yeah. No. If yeah, if you I guys shoot me that. down on on the like three rom-com cycle well that's fine i'm gonna make us do long shots someday anyway because i just i just like it but yeah if i i think it's worth exploring and um for listeners if if you want us to do another cycle like this and you have a pitch for one like let us know and transition you can let us know in our discord uh which has technically existed for a while but uh we're gonna kind of like formally launch it here I'm going to put a link in the show notes. We're all on there. I am not the most active Discord person, but I check it most days. And, you know, I think if we had a fan community, I would check it more often. But, you know, you can let us know stuff. We're going to start making channels within that. So if you're interested, if you want feedback, if you want to see... I, I, I'm, I'm planning on... I think we should make, just given that it's the three of us in there, we should make a Raimi memes Discord or a Spider-Man memes discord or a channel so if you want to see the weird spider-man memes that we send to each other we'll probably have some of that but yeah that that's going to be a new thing our next episode uh we kind of teased it a little bit we're going to do something uh that we haven't done before jelani i don't know if you want to pitch this because this was originally your idea we're going to start doing tournaments so to like kick off but also like test the waters with this idea uh, we're going to do, uh, what is it, 16 bracket? Yeah. 16 peak movie um, MCU tournament. Best of the best. Uh, we ranked it from, is it most, uh, like, highest rated to lowest rated? Yeah. Like that's how we Yeah, that's up? how we seeded okay. it. And to, to yeah. clarify the parameters, we are just doing the Infinity Saga, so everything, like, anything yes. from Iron Man to uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, the one that came out just after Endgame, we're limiting it to that. We're, we're not doing anything that came out later, and we'll go through it, like, the, the actual candidates in the episode, but since, like, just to keep it a clean 16, there's a few that we're not even going to bother with, and I don't think anyone's going to be mad at the ones that we chopped. <laughs> yeah thor the dark world you know who you are um, but, but that's gonna be fun that's gonna be our next episode and we'll clarify like the rules of that when we get there and it's us so if you want to know what the actual best mcu movie is you know where to go and we don't know either yet we're gonna find out day of for other stuff you can check out our youtube channel our rating systems 
uh, video essay is the most recent like big video that's out. And for those of you listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other platforms, we are now putting up video versions. So if you wonder we have what our faces. our faces are doing during this, uh, you can now find out for new episodes. But also, please support us on Patreon because doing these video versions is not entirely free. So if you want us to keep doing that, you know, it's not a ton per month, but if you shoot us a dollar, that is more possible. So, and you get some cool episodes like uh, us talking about John Wick and way back in the day, me and Jelani not entirely soberly railing against Spider-Man, the Raimi trilogy, and watch-alongs of Chicken Little. Which, again, you should not... <laughs> I, I've said this on other episodes, you should not watch Chicken Little, but if you do, please do it with our watch-along, because yeah, don't it's do probably going to be the best time you can have watching that movie. Because, <laughs> uh, God, is it bad. Also, uh, for another Patreon perk, we are going to have a new Tangents episode soon. I've been compiling our Tangents from the past Oh, we have a new year. one coming? Yeah, I, I think we're going to... We didn't really have any tangents today, but if we have any during the MCU episode, I'll add that to it, and there's going to be some good ones in there. Closing it out, our logo's by Kelsey Hendry. I'm on letterboxd at ev underscore Wes, and where are both of you guys at? Uh, Instagram, Jelani T. Kelly. YouTube, Jelani T. Kelly. That's it. I'm on the stairs that uh, Holly oh. kills himself with. Oh, I thought you were... Upside down on the stairs with Reagan. No, 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 no. That? I'm on like the stone okay. stairs where he dies. And uh, I think that's in Washington, D.C. I think that's where it is. So come see me at the Capitol. I'll be on the steps. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.